0: Bring it to Tennessee Farm Table.
1: Welcome to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast, a show that is dedicated to the people of the state of Tennessee who produce, prepare, and preserve food and agriculture, often with that mountain south Appalachian flair. And on occasion, I just might have a guest from our neighbors from surrounding states here in the Southeast. This is your hostess and producer, Amy Campbell. The theme song that you just heard was sung and produced by East Tennessee's own Emmy Sunshine. She's from Madisonville, Tennessee. Today, we are setting the table with corn. Our guests are Rachel Abbott Davis of j and Farms, also writer and gardener Kelly Smith Trimble. Rachel shares recipes with us today for her corn relish and corn cob jelly and Kelly shares an audio essay on corn. Thank you so much for your good company here today. If you're listening by podcast or radio, I really appreciate you tuning in. Rachel Abbott Davis and her husband, John Davis, own and operate J&R Farms in the foothills of the Great Smoky Mountains. Both Rachel and John's ancestors were settlers of Cades Cove, the area of the National Park before it became part of the National Park and Rachel and John carry on old-time Appalachian food traditions from their ancestors. John and Rachel raise and process their own hogs, chickens, cattle, and garden. They even have a milk cow named Virginia. And Rachel keeps busy raising their four children, developing recipes and helping others to be more self-sufficient. She actually has made a business out of this, and she helps others learn how to prepare and preserve foods and Appalachian recipes, along with homesteading know-how, on her blog and her Instagram page. So let's meet up with Rachel right now and hear about this corn relish. Once again, so much. You invited me to your house. Your children are adorable. You fed me supper, <laughs> and you are really a homesteader. You're a homeschooler and a homesteader, and you're raising four children. Yes,
2: ma'am. <laughs> it's amazing. Well, well, we try.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I looked the other day, and on your Instagram thing, you've got forty-six thousand followers.
2: Just about it, yeah. Um, it's crazy how that happened. One reel that I was teaching about canning just blew up and I can't tell you how or why but it did and here comes 40,000 people that's that's crazy so hopefully they're here to learn about canning and farming yes
1: oh I remember that Mm -hmm. that was a great reel because people want to know how to do their own food
2: yes so we started a canning course online and that's kind of my gig right now so what it is is I'm calling it a can along so I'm just adding videos as I go throughout the canning season so so far I've got I've done peaches corn relish corn cob jelly and I've done tomatoes several different ways I've done stewed tomatoes rotel tomatoes and marinara sauce oh that's I think that's all I've done so far but as I go, I'm, I'm adding videos, everything I can as I go. It's like, you know, step-by-step instructional videos, so.
1: That is so helpful. I, I love that people want to know. and too. And, and you're the bona fide lady about it. I mean, <laughs> I'm sitting here in your kitchen, and there are these beautiful big oak shelves full of canned goods that you have worked your fingers to the bone cannon. <laughs> you have put well, things up by, haven't you?
2: Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah. You know, we've got the stuff. <laughs> and we'll use it too
1: and our dinner tonight was just delicious it thank was you. all your own meat your potatoes your cabbage, cabbage. and um, all your own things and just delicious and you make thank some you. good cornbread thank you <laughs> that's a mark of a good southern one some good cornbread oh, I've bread. had plenty of practice <laughs> <laughs> can I ask you about some of your things yes okay well your corn relish Tell us about that, would you? Like, did you come up with this recipe? Is it a family recipe? Okay, my
2: corn relish. I've never, until, well, let see, probably two years ago, I'd never made corn relish before. So my aunt had given me a notebook full of my great-grandmother's canon recipes. So I was flipping through them, and there was a recipe for corn relish. And just so happens we had a truckload of corn I needed to do something with, so I said, I'm going to try this corn relish. And so I did, and I loved it. So I've used my great-grandmother's recipe, and it's been my favorite
1: thing. Oh, how <laughs> so. wonderful. Yeah. Well, there's just something about a family recipe. It makes it Absolutely. better. Absolutely. Mm-hmm and also it's not gimmicky it's not some fad right it's a good solid food
2: so it's got corn in it and it's got some jalapeno peppers bell peppers onion and the recipe called for cabbage which i guess you know makes a relish there's usually cabbage and relish recipes but i'll leave out the cabbage <laughs> just because it bulks it up quite a bit more but um i've made it with cabbage and without and then, It commonly tastes the same, so I just Mm. leave the cabbage out. But it's one of my favorite things, and I think I told you earlier, I just eat it out of the jar. (laughs) Eat it as a side to nearly anything, but it's especially good with pinto beans and cornbread.
1: Mm. It is. (laughs) That makes it especially good. Well, about a year ago, I, you gave me a jar mm-hmm. and I didn't open it for a while and when I did I thought what was I waiting for? <laughs> it was so good and I loved it on everything and I like them y'all got a giant garden and yes. you grow your food yeah and mm-hmm. so y'all grew all that corn I bet we sure did <laughs> and you had to scrape and cut all that corn oh off we sure coffee. did
2: <laughs> yeah we had to shuck it and I've got three little boys that think it's a fun game to shut corn so <laughs> that come in handy <laughs> so i don't have to do it <laughs> oh that's
1: perfect yes <laughs> so what are your ingredients again
2: yes so we use corn uh-huh. and for a single run of the corn relish i use 12 ears of corn uh-huh. and i'll use it's anywhere from two to four jalapenos and it calls for six bell peppers Small garden onions, I use like six, okay. but maybe one or two big onions, mm-hmm. and vinegar and sugar, ground mustard, and that's it.
1: You put all that and bring it to a boil and then can it.
2: Basically. Yeah. 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 And I have a recipe on my blog. So. tell us
1: the address to that blog. Yeah, it's
2: www.jandr.farms.tn.com.
1: So, So you've got a YouTube channel now,
2: don't you? Yes. That's just so uh, neat. Thank you. I just decided one day to start the YouTube channel. And it has been so much fun to put together videos and to edit the videos. And it's just, it's, it's been really fun. But I figured, well, we're all the time doing something. Mm-hmm. So why mm-hmm. don't I just get my phone out and record it and then share it with people and who knows, somebody might wanna learn it. <laughs> yes. So, um, it's been really fun. And I just kinda, I don't make a big deal about it. I just kinda record what I'm
1: doing and then
2: that's what my video will be about.
1: How do they find it?
2: Okay, to find my YouTube channel, on YouTube you would want to search J and, with the and sign. Okay. The and symbol.
1: Uh-huh. R, farms. All right. Rachel Davis homemaker, homeschooler and homesteader. So, thank thank you. you so
2: much Amy. Oh gosh, you're, thank best.
1: You. you're the best. You're You are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table and today we are setting the table with corn. Our first guest is Rachel Davis of J&R Farms located in the foothills of the Great Smoky Mountains here in Tennessee. I've placed Rachel's recipe for that corn relish she just described on my website and a link to Rachel's blog and canning course. That's tennesseefarmtable.com. Next, Rachel's going to share her recipe for making corn cob jelly. Well, how about this corn cob jelly? You want to talk about that? Yes. Is that okay? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Did you just have a big pile of corn cobs and said? What can I do with these?
2: Yes. <laughs> well, you see, I, I have the Foxfire book the Foxfire cookbook. Yes. And I've had it for years and I just noticed there's a corn cob jelly recipe in the book and I've noted it was there for years. And then I had a pile of corn cobs from Corn Relish and I thought, Oh, I might make that corn cob jelly and I'd actually ask some friends on Instagram, I was like, Is it worth the trouble to make corn cob Because You know, it kind of sounds like it might not be very good. (laughs) So what you're doing is you're just adding water to the corn cobs to cover the corn cobs. And I had 12 corn cobs and that just so happens that that's what the recipe called for. And then you'll boil the corn cobs in the water for 30 minutes and then just strain off the water and it's gonna be a pale yellow color. (laughs) It doesn't look too appetizing. But it actually smelled pretty good. So I was like, all right, I'll keep going then <laughs> with this recipe. So then what we're going to do is add a box of sure gel to three cups of that corn water. <laughs> and then we're going to bring it to a bowl and then add three cups of sugar. And stir it real good and bring it back to a bowl and boil it for just a minute. And then you'll put it in your canning jars. And I used half-pint jars. And then I put it in my canner to water bath can it for 10 minutes mm-hmm. and then I tasted it and it was really good wow <laughs> I know it was uh, I didn't expect it to be so good but it really was oh good and I said it tasted like summertime oh
1: like just eating a
2: like a corn on the cob out in the nice cool breeze. I was like, oh, this is so good. This just reminds me of summertime. So it was worth it to make it. Corn
1: cob jelly. Do you um, have that corn cob jelly on your YouTube channel too?
2: I do. Yes, I did. I have a short, it didn't take long, so it's a short video on my YouTube channel. Yep.
1: All right. Well, gosh, Rachel, (laughs) that is the neatest thing. I think I might try it because I can muster up 12 corn cobs. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: And when you're just going to throw them away anyway, wrong. Right. might as well mm-hmm. boil them in water for 30 minutes. Yeah. It doesn't take long and it doesn't take much mm-hmm. as far as ingredients go, so.
1: There's nothing to me nicer than receiving a nice little, little half pint jar of homemade jelly for oh, a gift. Mm-hmm. It's such a mm-hmm. wonderful gift. It is.
2: Mm-hmm. And then when you've made jelly yourself, you realize, the time and the effort that actually went into that little bitty jar and you appreciate it all the more
1: yes ma'am mm-hmm. that is right to me it's a, a gift of love yeah mm-hmm. somebody's
2: time and somebody's mm-hmm. somebody's actually took the time to do something
1: you are listening to the tennessee farm table we're setting the table today with corn thanks so much for tuning in our first guest has been Rachel Abbott-Davis of j and Farms, located in the foothills of the Great Smoky Mountains here in Tennessee. She's a homesteader, and she shared two of her recipes for corn relish and corn cob jelly. I've placed links to Rachel's website and a direct link to Rachel's canning course, plus the recipe for corn relish and some pictures of Rachel and her family on my website, TennesseeFarmTable.com. Next up is Kelly Smith-Trimble, a writer, creative, and gardener living in Knoxville, Tennessee, with an audio essay on corn. Up next is contributor to the Tennessee Farm Table, author, editor, and gardener Kelly Smith-Trimble. She makes her home in East Tennessee, and she's currently the senior digital editorial director for HGTV, where she answers vegetable gardening questions in a social video series called Dig It. That series has more than a million views collectively. She has also been a writer and editor for Southern Living, the National Park Foundation, and Bonnie Plants. And her vegetable garden was featured in the June 2020 issue of Southern Living magazine. And that is some serious Southern woman credibility right there to have your vegetable garden featured in Southern Living. She was born in Knoxville and has spent her life in various parts of Southern Appalachia. And the subject of Kelly's garden variety segment today is corn.
3: When discussing topics for this garden variety series recently, my husband Derek asked, well, does corn grow on Rocky Top? And I thought, well, that's a good lead. This isn't really a story about Rocky Top, but let's get the facts as straight as we can from the start. Rocky Top is a peak in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park on the border with North Carolina. The town Rocky Top in Anderson County, north of Knoxville, was renamed in 2014 from Lake City a name it took on in the 1930s when TVA came in. The town name before that was Coal Creek. These name changes, in a way, serve as a timeline for development in the area. But back to corn. There are four categories of corn. Field corn, sweet corn, popcorn, and ornamental corn. Their differences have to do with the toughness of their seed coating and the amount of starches and sugars in the kernels. Field corn which has a tough shell, is closest to the original domesticated varieties, and there are two subcategories of it, dent corn and flint corn, both of which can be dried and ground into cornmeal. Popcorn has a hard shell but higher starch content inside, which expands under pressure. Sweet corn obviously contains more sugars, and it's the one we love to grill or just eat fresh straight off the cob. Ornamental corn, though edible, usually just shows up as a key player during decorative gourd season. Amy, the host of this show, gave me a few ears of corn the first time I met her, so I knew we'd be friends from here on out. The variety is Webb Watson, a Tennessee heirloom dated to 1846 in Bedford County, Tennessee. The county seat of Bedford County is Shelbyville, which is where my parents lived for just a couple years after getting married, which has little to do with corn. At any rate, Webb Watson heirloom corn is a dent corn variety, so it's best for making meal or grits. It became a favorite of famed southern chef Sean Brock after he was introduced to it at Blackberry Farm, and it's been described as tasting earthy, like mountain water, by Glenn Roberts, the farmer and miller of heirloom southern grains at Anson Mills. I took the corn Amy gave me and removed the kernels to store them in a mason jar. I've made cornmeal from them, grinding the corn to flour in my Vitamix blender, and then a simple cornbread, no wheat flour added. I don't mind a toothy cornbread, so I love the taste and texture, but for most people, the Webb Watson variety is probably best for making grits. So I also made grits with the Webb Watson corn. Again, I ground the dry kernels in my Vitamix, but to a gritty texture. Then I cooked according to the recipe on the Anson Mills website. It was perfect. Corn is authentically American, as in all of the Americas, not just the United States. It was domesticated 10,000 years ago by Aztecs and Mayans in Mexico and Central America, and then moved northward to be grown by indigenous tribes throughout North America, including the Cherokee in East Tennessee. The earlier corn is called Teosinte, and the seed head looks more like a typical grass than today's corn varieties do. You can learn about all of this at the Townsend Visitor Center, which I visited recently on a rainy day with my nephews who were in town from Nashville. My nephew Peter, a young foodie, said his favorite part of the exhibit was learning about the corn and other foods that Native Americans and then later mountain settlers grew to stay alive. He was particularly interested in the method of growing called Three Sisters, in which corn, squash, and beans are grown together in one of the best known examples of companion planting. Here's how it works. Squash grown on the ground serves as a living mulch to keep weeds down around corn as it grows tall to provide a trellis structure for beans. Beans are nitrogen fixers and they contribute nutrients back to the soil, helping both corn and squash, which are hungry plants. The fourth sister never mentioned is mycorrhizae, the fungus living in the soil that helps beans fix nitrogen from the air. Scientist and Native American author, Robin Wall Kimmerer, in her book, Braiding Sweetgrass, talks about the Three Sisters' garden and its importance to native peoples. She describes how a Cherokee friend gave her a gift of seeds of corn, beans, and squash. She wrote, I hold in my hand the genius of indigenous agriculture, the Three Sisters. Together, these plants, corn, beans, and squash, feed the people, feed the land, and feed our imaginations, telling us how we might live. The Three Sisters technique is the simple kind of genius that I personally live for. Kimmerer goes on to describe the difference between indigenous agriculture and that of the new settlers. For millennia, From Mexico to Montana, women have mounded up the earth and laid these three seeds in the ground, all in the same square foot of soil. When the colonists on the Massachusetts shore first saw indigenous gardens, they inferred that the savages did not know how to farm. To their minds, a garden meant straight rows of single species, not a three-dimensional sprawl of abundance, and yet they ate their fill and asked for more and more again. I grew corn as part of a three sisters garden a few summers ago in my suburban backyard in West Knoxville, and despite a strong windbreak from our fence, I got some pretty nice ears. Corn needs space to grow effectively because it's pollinated by the wind. It's typically recommended to grow corn in blocks a minimum size of four feet by four feet, but preferably much larger. There are so many varieties of corn, but the heirlooms are by far the most interesting to me. You can find varieties in a range of colors from yellow or white to red, blue, purple, or multicolored gem varieties. Plant corn from seed a few weeks after the last frost date in spring. Keep weeds down around your corn plants with a mulch of straw. If you're growing the three sisters, Plant your corn seeds first and let the plants get a few inches tall before planting beans. Then plant squash seeds after the bean plants emerge. Corn doesn't need a huge amount of water, but water it if there's a dry spell of two weeks or more. After the silks appear on your ears of corn, they should be ready to harvest in a couple weeks. The ears are usually ready when the silks begin to turn brown on top. If you don't have space for a full-size corn, you can grow a short variety with small ears. I've done this in my garden using Luther Hill sweet corn seed I got from Southern Exposure Seed Exchange. Though this heirloom isn't from the South, it's originally from New Jersey. The three to four foot corn stalks make a fun addition, even if they don't produce much corn. So back to that song. Will corn grow on Rocky Top? If we're talking the original, the one God made in the Great Smoky Mountains, it's highly unlikely, as those peaks are indeed quite rocky. It doesn't really matter anyway, though, does it? We all know that song is really about moonshine. For Tennessee Farm Table, I'm Kelly Smith Trimble.
0: Rocky top, Tennessee. How about you?
2: This is Rachel Davis of J&R Farms in the foothills of the Great Smoky Mountains, and you are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table.